0: Hey, hey. Is it okay if I use this one or that one? Okay, this one? That one? Okay, cool. Go ahead, yeah. He's taller, but I need it higher. <laughs> All right. I have good news this morning. Because every sinner has a future. And every saint has a past. And everybody has a someday. Well, the first will be the last. So don't let the devil tell you that the die is already cast. Because every sinner has a future. And every saint has a past. We're all wearing prison clothes, aren't we? Think about it. We're all wearing prison clothes. Because we're incarcerated, which means your flesh is restricted in this place. That's what incarceration means. And in order for us to know the Lord, we need to be convicted. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? It's so true. I'm really emotional this morning. I don't know why. But yeah, I do. I am because 6-9 is now Robert. That touched me. Greater things than these will you do because I am in you is what Jesus promised. Wow. Wow. I heard a man talking the other day and he said that he He's a man that needs his knees replaced. (laughs) Bad. And he said that he took a hike with his wife, and they got to a place where they crossed over the top of a little pass, and they came into this valley, wide open, filled with wildflowers. And the butterflies were flitting from flower to flower, and he said he stood there after just thinking he'd never make it in his knees. He couldn't even straighten his knees out and he was complaining about his back and he was complaining about the heat and he was complaining about his hat not fitting just right and the backpack too heavy. And he got to that spot and he saw that place and he went, oh my God. This is awesome. This is beautiful. This is worth the hike. And then he realized that it didn't mean anything unless he had seen it. Because it had been there all the time. It hadn't suddenly just appeared out of nothing. It had been there and had been like that summer after summer, century after century, because it was created by the very hand of God. And that glory that he saw in that place, which reflected the glory of God himself, just overwhelmed him. And he realized i got to tell somebody. Somebody else has to see this place. This place is awesome. The whole book, the whole book, the Bible that we study, the whole thing, every bit of it is intended and designed so that you may know and believe that God is true. You ever hit one of those passages, and I think that's why it hit me this morning? You ever hit one of those passages where you just go, Oh, I never heard that that way before? Wow. It, I know there's been a series that we've been going through where, where it's basically discussions between Jesus and somebody in private. And, you know, John, the writer of the Gospel, John, he was a man who Jesus took often to little private places, you know, to see things. Just a little different than the rest of the apostles. He took Peter, James, and John to a little upper room where there's a little girl lying on a bed and she had passed away. Of course, the professional mourners were crying and chanting. and blah, 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 blah. Even really poor people had to hire um, mourners, by the way. If you were really poor, you had to hire at least two mourners and one weeper. It's true. Think about that. You had to have two mourners and one weeper. <laughs> well... Jesus cleared out the room. He took Peter, James, and John in the room. He said, little girl, get up. And she stood up. Wow. Peter, James, and John were like, wow, that was something. He took Peter, James, and John up onto a mountain. And it says that Jesus was there transfigured, and his clothes became so bright and so light. And Peter said, let's build three tabernacles, because it's good to be here. And it says right there in Scripture, because he didn't know what else to say. It's like, this is, this is awesome. We should we should do something to memorialize this. This was so great. Wow. John wrote his gospel. The commentators and studiers, uh, they say all kinds of stuff, but the one thing that they consistently say is that John wrote last of the gospel writers. And because Matthew, Mark, and Luke had written what they'd written, and they, as, as Luke said, I've set out to write a chronological history of what took place so that you may know what took place. John says this, this is in chapter 20, he says, now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that." By believing, you may have life in his name. He goes on to say later, if I had written down everything that he did, there's not enough libraries to contain the books. So I just wrote these. He, he, in his gospel, he only wrote down seven miracles that Jesus did. Just seven. There was a wedding feast where he turned water into wine. There was a a blind man that he healed, and some others. But today what we're going to look at is in chapter 11, and it's the seventh of the seven. Also, John wrote about seven other things. Seven times Jesus said, I am. In the previous chapter, chapter 10, he says, I am the good shepherd. He said seven other things about who he is, what his nature is, and this is the seventh. Well, no, it's not either. There's another one. This is one of the seven in chapter 11. One more. So of the seven miracles and of the seven I am statements, two of them are in chapter 11. John wrote his book in this way. The first nine chapters are all of Jesus' ministry. Then chapter 10 and 11 is this little transition on about the, between the 10th and the 8th day. Of what's taking place. And the rest of the book. The rest of the ten chapters. Are about the last seven days of Jesus' life. What do you think John thought was priority? And in this passage. It says. In the beginning of this ch- passage. It says that there, were, uh, there was a man. Whom Jesus loved. Whose name was Lazarus. And he was the brother of Mary. Who anointed his feet with with a, an amazingly expensive perfume that the bottle had to be broken in order to get it out of the bottle. You didn't have a stopper in it, you had to break the whole bottle and use it all. And it said that she anointed his feet with this beautiful perfume and the aroma filled the whole room. And and then she wiped his feet with her hair as she wept. That's chapter 12. We're in chapter 11. Martha is the woman that we had seen earlier in Scripture, Mary's sister, Lazarus' sister, who at one point was busy in the kitchen and busy in the living room and busy at the table and busy at this and busy at that while Jesus and Mary were speaking and conversing about the things of God. And Martha said, Jesus, come on, tell Mary to help me. And Jesus said, No, Mary's picked the better things. I know you're concerned about a lot of stuff and you're good at it. But she's picked the better things. That's the Mary and Martha. Now these are two adult women. Two adult women in Israel living with their brother, Lazarus. That would be not uncommon, but a little unusual. Because women, when they reached about the age of 13 through 16, they got married. So here's two unmarried Either It doesn't say widowed, but two unmarried women living with their brother. And in this passage, it says that they sent a message to Jesus where he was at. And they said, the man you love, Lazarus, he's sick. Maybe we'll die. And Jesus said, this is good. This is good. Because this will be for the revelation of the glory of God. So he stayed in that place for two more days. Have you ever prayed to God and said, God, you know, this is really important. I really need you to hear this now. I really need you to show up because this is kind of a bad deal. Where are you? Did you hear me? Are you out there? Do you care? ever felt that let me announce to you that this passage is not a g-rated passage and i don't mean about sexuality don't go there i'm just talking about this is an adult message this goes beyond pg-13 this is an adult message and i i'm i want to speak to adults about what jesus is doing here I want you to have a mature understanding about what's going on in this passage. He says, I'm going to wait so that Lazarus can die, so that the glory of God can be revealed. That doesn't sound right. Jesus says to his apostles, Hey, you know what? Let's go to Bethany because Lazarus has fallen asleep. And they said, well, good, he'll get better because when a person's sick and they fall asleep, finally the fever's broken and he'll get better. And Jesus said, no, he's dead. He's dead. And then the disciples say, well, wait a minute. Bethany is only two miles from Jerusalem. And in the previous days, and the previous weeks, they've discovered that the people in Jerusalem, the Jews and the leadership, they want to to stone him. They want to put him to death. They're just trying to get rid of Jesus. And so Thomas says, well, okay. If he's going to go, let's go die with him. Let's go die with him. Jesus had told him that Lazarus was dead, and he said, this is for the glory of God. Are you willing to die for Jesus? That's kind of the message, but that's a whole other sermon. Let's get to this part. In this particular part, then, we come to this this place where Jesus then shows up. And it says, uh, let me get to my passage here. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, the reason that John includes this little detail about the four days is because it was just Jewish tradition. It wasn't a medical fact or, a, or a, even a, a, a spiritual fact. But the belief was that when a body had been dead for four days, the spirit had completely left. There was no chance that, that this person could be resurrected or or that the spirit would return to the body because the body that after three days would begin to decay, and on the fourth day, there'd be, a, there'd be decay that had set in. They also believed that the spirit would kind of hover over the body for those first three days and observe all the, uh, the, the things that were going on and see what was happening and would still be somewhat present. But at the fourth day, that's done. And they would mourn for a long time. Really, there would be a week of mourning uh, where there was just this heavy, intense mourning. That's where you would hire the mourners to come and the weepers to come for that seventh day. And so, we're in the fourth day of those seven days, and so there's kind of a lot of activity of mourning going on. And so, John includes that little pa- that little detail about the fourth day, and it says Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. Because, obviously, Lazarus is somebody of some prominence. He's somebody that's known, both in Bethany and Jerusalem. Like in Crested Butte and Almont. I don't know. Anyway, he was someone of some prominence. And many of the Jews had come. So there's more than just the... the, uh, professional mourners, there's some people there that are really trying to console Mary and Martha. And so when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house because the posture of a mourner was to be seated. Just another little detail. John is... Why is John including all these little details? Because John wants you to know exactly what's going on. He wants you to be able to picture this. And so he's giving you all the little details. He's not really... I mean, he's... He's, he's explaining in, in great detail the photograph of what happened. The, the movie, if you will. And all the players in the, in the thing that took place. And he's even including this thing that Mary is seated, which would be normal for that, for that type of mourning to be taking place. This says that Martha heard that Jesus was coming and so rather than staying seated, she got up and went. And she met him, but Mary remained in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. If you'd been here, my brother would not have died. I don't think Mary is, or rather, Martha is rebuking Jesus. I think she's just expressing her grief. I don't think that she's saying to Jesus, oh, why didn't you show up on time? Why didn't you get our message and get here? I don't think she's saying that. I mean, I, I, I guess you could hear, read this and you could, you could certainly interpret it that way, but Mary and Mar- Martha had a, a very uh, close relationship with Jesus and I don't think that's what she's saying. I think what she's saying is, I have such faith in what you could do that, you know, I know if you'd been here, you could have made him well. But we know that he had waited two days to come after he got the message. <laughs> because the glory of God was going to be revealed. <laughs> the glory of God was going to be revealed. And so he, he, he says to Martha in this, in this time where she's expressing her grief, uh, well, she goes on and says, but even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. I don't think she thinks he's going to raise him from the dead because of what happens later. But I do think she is expressing to Jesus that she trusts him. She believes in him. She, th- she knows that Jesus is from God. And so Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha said, I know he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So Mar- Martha had this understanding of what Jesus had been teaching and preaching and from the, from the Old Testament and from the prophets. And she knew that there was a resurrection to come. She knew that. Oftentimes when we, when we go to a funeral, we'll say to somebody, well, you know, we'll see each other again. Right? In fact, how many of you have even had said that? Well, we'll see each other again. And it's true. We know that. We have that faith. We have that hope that one day we'll be reunited with those who have gone before us. For some of that of us that's a strong hope that we cling to. Right? And Mary and Martha had that hope. She knew that it was true. There's a resurrection coming we talk about it in our own way and from from the standpoint of knowing who Christ is we say yeah we know there's a resurrection coming there is a someday for everyone when the first will be the last we know that we cling to it we have that faith martha expressed that faith I don't hear in what Martha's saying any less amount of faith, and I can't remember the words to the song as well as I'd like to. But what we sang here today, what what uh, we read on the wall, Stephanie sang for us. I could sit here. I could stay. I could be safe. I can remain who I am. I know there's a resurrection in the last day. Jesus said, Martha. Martha. Look at verse 25. Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. He's saying in the flesh, if you believe in me, your flesh will pass away. Yes, it's true. It's the nature of man that your flesh will pass away, but you will live. And he goes on to say, look at the next verse. He says, it'll come up. (laughs) He says... Uh, Oh, that's 40. Go to to verse 26, if you would. I want them to see that, too, because it's... Verse 26 says, technology is wonderful. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Spiritually. Spiritually, you'll never die. He's saying to her, look... Where do you think life comes from? Where do you think resurrection comes from? Where do you think it is? It's in me. I am the resurrection and the life. Your body will pass away, but you're still going to live. And if you live in the Spirit, you'll never die. There'll be that little blip and you're together with us. Both spiritually and physically. Mm. See what he's saying? I am the resurrection and life. Do you believe this? I don't think Martha was ready for that message. She's still grieving her brother. She's still thinking, I'm a single lady, and my only means of support has just been put into a cave, and a stone has been rolled in front of it, and I don't know what my future holds. But, you know, okay, I believe. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's, it's like yeah I get it. I hear the words. They're going in and the they're making sense but what do you mean? Really? I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who lives and believes in me what does this all mean? What does it have to do with Lazarus being in a grave? This is a Emotional time for Jesus, too. And so, as he's saying these things, I am the resurrection and the life. Resurrection is eight days away for Jesus. Think about that for a second. He's going to die and yet live. And he's telling Martha in, re, in regards to her brother who has just passed, he's saying, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ. You are the anointed one. You are the one who has been promised through the scriptures throughout our history we have known the Christ is coming and you are he. You are the son of God. You're something uniquely different. I believe this. I believe you're the Christ. I believe you're the son of God. Even more, I believe you're the one that's coming into the world. You're the one that's going to make it right. You're the one that's going to take away the sins. You're the one that's going to make me your own. I believe this. I believe this. This is a confession of faith. This is a confession of deep truth. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Amen. When she had said this, she went and called her sister Mary, saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. That first little conversation between Martha and Jesus, that was in private. And so she says in private, the teacher is is here. And calling for you, there must have been more said, because Martha is telling Mary that Jesus wants to see Mary. And it says that, when she heard it, she rose quickly and went to him. Now Jesus had not yet come into the village, but was still in the place where Martha had met him. When Jesus or excuse me, when the Jews who were uh, with her in the house, consoling her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out, they followed her, supposing that she was going to go to the tomb to weep there. and they didn't want to be left out. <laughs> when Mary came to Jesus. And saw him. She fell at his feet saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Oh. Oh. There it is again. If you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. That's how much faith I have in you, Jesus. That's how much faith I, I, I believe. I believe everything you've said. I believe you. I saw you do these things. I saw you heal. I saw you give lame people back their ability to walk. I saw, I saw blind people see again. I saw sick people be well. I've seen these things, and I know. And I know if you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. But he did, and it's sad. And she fell at his feet to worship him. I know for a fact she wasn't rebuking him. She was just expressing her deep grief as well and her love for Jesus. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled. The deeply moved in spirit and greatly troubled. In Greek, there's one word. And I'm not going to tell you the word because it's kind of, it sounds funny. <laughs> it's a funny word. It, it's the word that's used to say that the horse whinnied. It's an onomatopoeia. It's a word that sounds like what it's describing. So basically what it says here is that when, when she said that, and he saw her weeping, and he saw all the Jews weeping, he went, <sighs> <laughs> because of the grief that sin has brought into the world for all eternity, for all time. The sadness when one leaves us. The sadness that was being expressed by Mary. The sadness that was being expressed by the Jews for Lazarus that are gathered around. And Jesus saw that and it. And it he knew, and he said already to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And yet he knew in eight days what was going to take place. And, he, and all of that, all of that emotion, all of that stuff, all the things that he had come to do, all of it was about to reveal the glory of God. The glory of God. Something completely out of their experience. Something they've never seen. Something that, though they've heard of things happening, similar to what's about to take place, they're about to see something amazing. Because Lazarus has been dead for four days. The little girl in the upper room had been dead for a couple hours. That's a pretty big deal, but the Jews could still say, well, yeah, but her spirit was still hovering there, and her, and her resuscitation is just the spirit returning to the body. That's, but Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. The spirit's gone. If the spirit's gone, where is it? That's an interesting concept. You know how they say at funerals he's in a better place? Lazarus was in a better place. He was in a better place. And jesus is thinking i 'm going to call him back. Think of all that emotion that's in i mean just just put yourself in that place for a second and remember what when you 've been in places where grief is overwhelming and you 've been in that place and bring it to the to this it's all going on and jesus is it's almost like the effort and also the glory and the it's just all coming together and he's like <laughs> right so he said where have you laid him they said to him Lord come and see they said to him Lord come and see that means that all the Jews are like oh, oh. Oh, he wants to go to the grave too wow maybe he wants to weep there too Let's see what's going to happen. There's kind of a noise. There's kind of a scurry. There's kind of a bunch of people moving in one direction. Other people are going to go, Hey, hey what's going on? Hey, isn't that that teacher? Hey, he's done some amazing stuff. Let's go see what's going on. They're starting to gather a little crowd. You know? They're going over to the graveyard. They're going to the place where the, this, this cave is, where the stone is. Let's, let's see what's happening. The Jews are have to come to, to console Mary and Martha. They're like, well, this, this, is, this is interesting. Let's see what's going to happen. Mary and Martha are saying, whoa, okay, he's in the tomb. He's been there four days. So Jesus says, where are they? So they say, they say come and see. So they take him. You know, when you, when you touch this thing, it goes different places that you don't expect it to go. So I'm, I'm in that place. Come see. And then verse 35. Verse 35. It just says, Jesus wept. Now, the mourners, it says that they were weeping too, but that's a different word. That's "Ah!" what Jesus is doing is there's just tears coming out of his eyes. That's what it means. It's a different word. But the one here is there's just tears. Jesus wept. The creator of the universe. The one who made each and every one of us by His own hand, the one who came into the world, leaving heaven behind, that He might have fellowship with us, wept. Wept. So the Jews said, "See how He loved Him." But some of them said, "Could not He have opened the eyes of the He who opened the eyes of the blind man?" also have kept this man from dying. So there's, there's some saying, oh, look at how much Jesus loved Lazarus. That's neat. That's really, that's nice. There's others saying, yeah, why didn't he just come earlier and heal him and he wouldn't have had to die? What's up with that? So there's some skepticism. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha said, wait, what, what, wait. Lord, by this time there will be an odor he's been dead for four days some of you in your Bibles uh, translations maybe a different one than I have it says there will be a great stench I like that word better there will be a great stench <laughs> Martha who's worried about things like that you know <laughs> things done correctly things done properly if you roll that stone away it's going to be bad 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 that's why I said when I, earlier, I said that I don't think she thought Jesus had been erasing from the dead. <laughs> because she didn't, I don't think she thought it was possible. I don't, I, it just wasn't in her experience. She'd never seen that. She wasn't even hopeful for it. She's, in fact, she's afraid there's a stink. And so she warns him. He's dead, been dead for 40 days. Jesus said to, you, to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always heard me and you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe that you sent me. So we have a private conversation with Martha a private conversation with Mary that was overheard by many. And apparently Jesus had a private conversation with God who he's repeating so that those standing around can hear what he prayed to God and would believe. Would believe. See the glory of God and believe. And that he was sent by God. And then we come to verse 43. Since when he had said these things, he said, Lazarus, come here. There are some that he said Lazarus loudly to begin with because when he said come here he, in a graveyard all the dead souls would have arisen. So he called only on Lazarus. And in Aramaic there are just three words. Lazarus, come out. Period. Lazarus, Lazarus, come out. Now when they buried a guy, when they buried a person, they'd wrap him up in lots of linen cloths interspersed with spices and oils and things to preserve the body as much as they could. And so the wrappings would be... And you know, the Jewish people learned about wrapping people (coughs) when when they were slaves in Egypt. They knew about wrapping people to bury them. They were well-wrapped. And so when Lazarus stands up in that grave, his head is completely covered, his hands are completely covered, and so he has to kind of get to the door. Can you imagine the sight as this man wrapped in cloths comes to the door of this tomb? What did the mourners do? (gasps) What did Mary and Martha do? How quiet was it? Wow. Glory be to God in the highest. Glory be to God. You see, glory isn't something that we give. Glory isn't something that's a result of some act Glory isn't the result of some effort. Glory is what exists before anything. Because Jesus' glory existed before man was. God's glory existed before man was ever made. Ever. And so as God entered... Into relationship with man, he began to reveal himself to man. First through the what we call patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Interacting with families, showing them what his nature was like, showing his holiness, showing his purpose. And then with Moses, he, he came to show what holiness was really all about by, by giving guidelines about what, those, what holiness is about. And he, and, and he Continued to say through the prophets that there is coming one who will change everything, who will make glory known to you, that the revealing of him will reveal God. Jesus said to his disciples when they said it would be enough for us if you showed us God, and he said, I've been with you all this time. You've seen me. You've seen the Father. You've seen the miracles. You've seen what's taking place. You've seen him because you've seen me. These people are standing in a place and now they have to decide, do I believe or not? And it says that some believed. It also said that someone went to told the Jewish leaders what took place and from then on they tried to kill him. It even goes on in chapter 12 and says they were trying to kill Lazarus too because they didn't want him walking around either. Because that thing that, he, that happened revealed the glory of God. It's like that man I mentioned earlier who walked into that valley after great effort and saw something he'd never seen before and the only response that he had was, my God, that is awesome. Lazarus walking to the door of the tomb and Jesus said, unbind him and let him go. Unbind him and let him go. You could stay safe. You could stay who you are. You could remain as you have always been. Or you can allow the glory of God to begin to be seen, not only from what he does for others, but what he does in you. Heavenly Father, we pray, we pray that though often we feel dead in the flesh, that you are indeed and have always been the resurrection and the life. There's no life apart from you, but in you there is life indeed. And so, Lord, we ask that you consecrate us, that you convict us, that you incarcerate ourselves in you, that we might rise to walk with you in life and in light. As we pray in Jesus' name, amen.